0: Kia ora. Good to see happy people here this morning, eh? So, our series this morning is, and this uh, month actually for January is Joyful January. So, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We can come to the Giver of Joy because there is no one like you. You are amazing. We just thank you for this message. It's going to be with joy, it's going to be with laughter, and we're just going to go out so blessed this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. I'm going to see if I can actually read without my glasses, but I'll pop them over there. Fantastic. Joyful January. Do you have trouble laughing? (laughs) Paul doesn't. Well, we need to laugh more, don't we? There is a supernatural element of joy in the Bible that is not often talked about in the Word of God. Psalm 132, verse 7 to 9 says, Let your saints shout for joy. You have a right to be joyful. Amazing. And the book of John tells us to ask and receive that your joy may be full. And, you know, something amazing happened. In the Bible, there were feasts that were celebrated by Israel, and the Feast of Tabernacles was one of them. But, you know, it was also known as the Feast of Joy because it had to be the most joyful, celebrated one because it had a good memory behind it. And you know that Jesus was born in that feast, which is totally amazing. So when the angels came and declared At the birth of Jesus, they said, Behold, I bring you tidings of great joy to everyone. Not just some people, but everyone. And you know that at parties, we often go, Three cheers for the birthday person? Well, Jesus has three cheers for you. He says, the first one, Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That is such a blessing. That means we can overcome because he did. Number two, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Wow, that is a grace word right there, isn't it? Three, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. We have nothing to worry about because Jesus has taken our spirit of fear away and given us a spirit of joy. Joy is not taught, it is caught. Have you ever noticed children when you go out at family functions and everyone, they don't go to the grumpy aunties. They go to the crazy, fun, joyful aunties. They want to be around the spirit of joy. Nehemiah, and I know Dave mentioned this last week, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That word strength there means life force. Jesus and his joy is our life force. It gives us strength. Science tells us that when we laugh, it releases a chemical in the brain that can fight sickness and disease. God has good medicine for us, church. 2020, a merry heart does good like a medicine. So when you go to this, you get your medicine bottle. It has joy on it, and it says take regularly more than three times a day. Not three times a week. We need it every day. God didn't create us to live with heaviness, but he created us with a sense of humor. That's awesome, isn't it? So every time you laugh, there is a youth hormone which increases 87%. And the hormone slows down the aging process when we laugh. So you might wonder why Paul and I look so young this morning. I have got news for you. Paul's dad jokes are so terrible. And he tells the same joke all the time. And he laughs and cracks up with it. Seriously, this is true. My kids can tell you it is true. He can't even tell the joke because he's cracking up so much. And we laugh, not at the joke, but at him, because he's so funny, and it keeps us young. So that is why Paul and I look so young. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the average child laughs 150 times a day, while the average adult laughs three times a day? God has a spirit of joy that he wants to bring into your home because the enemy wants to stop laughter in the home. He wants to stop laughter in the marriage. And some people, you know, might never read the Bible, but they will read your life. If you're going about miserable, it's not going to be very attractive to people when they think, well, if that's the joy, I don't want a borrow of that. And I want to read today, and my title is called Redigging. Have we got it up here? Redigging the Wells. Digging Wells. And it's found in Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Okay, here we go. Think about it. Digging Wells. Why was it important to dig Wells? In chapter 26, there's a story of Isaac. He was Abraham's son. And it says, now there was a famine in the land. Besides the earlier famine. Wow. So that is pre-death times, dark times. There was a famine and there'd previously been a famine. And it said, Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gila. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, stay here. Verse 12. So Isaac this is a famine, don't forget, sowed or planted crops in that land. I'll maybe read it from up here. Verse 12. He planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Wow. Death times, dark times. And the man became rich and his wealth continued. So he prospered And he continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth or filling them with dirt. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us, you've become too powerful. So Isaac moved away, and he settled in Gera. And it says, verse 18, Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped at. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Verse 19, Isaac's servants dug in the valley, And discovered a well of running water. But the herdsmen of Gila, that was the enemy, to the people of God, they quarreled and they said, it's ours. So he named the well Isaac, which means dispute. And then they dug another well. So Isaac and his servants and people that were with him, they dug another well and they quarreled over that, the enemy. So he named it Sitna, which means opposition. He moved on from there and he dug another well and no one quarreled over this one. He named it Rehoboth, which says, now the Lord has given us room. Then he went to Beersheba. He kept moving. In the night the Lord appeared to him and he said, I am the God of your father, Abram. Do not be afraid. I will bless you and will increase you, and make you mighty, in other words. And that same night, Isaac built an altar there, and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent, and there his servants dug another well. And it keeps on going. I want to tell you something this morning. Do you know what Isaac's name means? Laughter, or joyful. When you are facing opposition, There was something that was remarkable about the life of Isaac that he continually did. He didn't get caught up with the strife. He didn't get caught up with the problems. Joyful kept walking and moving forward. And when you have Jesus, no matter what you face in life, you can keep moving with the joy of the Lord. And, uh, and notice that Isaac reopened the wells that his father had dug. There was something that has been handed down from generations that we can get and we can reopen and redig. And it's important, though, that it's, let's not just live by the memories of yesterday... It's good to redig old wells and remember the past revivals and remember past blessings, but it's important for this generation, 2020, to start digging new wells. We are not just about reliving the past, we are to create the future through the power of the Holy Spirit. God has new joy for us in 2020. God intends for you to be that well of joy flowing from the Holy Spirit, which comes from a relationship in Jesus. We are not to live by the memories of yesterday, but by the dreams of tomorrow. So important. If your memories are bigger than your dreams, then you need to dig a new well. Get a new well, eh? Get into the presence of the Lord. Call upon his name. And just like Isaac... Get a fresh vision and dream for your future. So the, there was a famine in the land. And Isaac sowed. That must have been a pretty crazy farmer. When there's a famine, that means no water. And he sows his crops. Whatever you want in life, you have to give away. If you want a great harvest, you've got to sow. You've got to plant. You can't, you can't get a harvest without sowing. 2020 Excite Church, we are believing for families. So guess where we put our vision and our dreams and the money and everything else that goes with it? Families. God is about blessing families because what was a well for? It wasn't just to bless the person that was getting the water up. It was to bless not just family but community. God wants to bless your family. He wants to bless this community, and that's why we are here as a church. We have such big vision, honestly. It's so ridiculous that we don't have a God who gets embarrassed like, I can so do that. Too right. Let's get a big vision. Joy opens the door to great blessings. So every time the enemy came and they tried to put the dirt in on Isaac's wells that his father had dug, he just thought, "Mm, the favor of God follows me. I'm just going to keep moving. I'm not going to let them get the dirt on me. And every time somebody comes into your life and they want to remind you of your past or try and get the dirt on you, you just get that dirt under your feet, stamp it down and make it your mountain because Jesus has joy that is so contagious which is what the enemy saw in Isaac. He was so contagious. There was something on Isaac's life that the enemy envied. And it says that when we read it, they envied him. In other words, they wanted the easy road. They wanted to steal and pillage and take without any effort or work. And Isaac went, well, you know what? You can have it, because I'm blessed. Wherever I go, the favor of the Lord is upon me. And the same is for you. Joy of the Lord is your life source. It is so amazing. So he sowed, and he continued to sow. And it says he three Ps. He prospered. He continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. Now, some people think... Oh, as Christians, we shouldn't prosper. Bad word right there. I can tell you that we do not belong to the poverty club. There is nothing poverty or lack in the kingdom of God. He's overflow. Get that well of living water through the Holy Spirit. It is to overflow to everyone around you so that they receive the joy themselves from the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful. Get your garment of praise on and keep it on. It says that Jesus, his name is the lion of the tribe of Judah, shall prevail. Judah means praise. So in other words, he's the king of praise. He's the king of joy. We're going to get our praise on 2020, and we're going to praise our way and joyful January Start things right. Get January in the right order and the rest of your year will just be so blessed. Let's speak it out. The joy of the Lord is your life source. In Job, Job was going through a hard time. He'd been through a lot. But you know what God says to him? He said, I will fill your mouth with laughter. So have a good laugh, guys, because it's from Jesus. He created it. And if you don't, know what laughter is, come and visit us and Paul will tell you a great dad joke. Amazing. The joy. No matter the tough times, you can have joy. I want to tell you about my nana. My nana lived, she was 99 when she passed away. She was about three months off getting a certificate, reaching 100. And I remember saying to her, oh, you're nearly nearly 100. And she was just about to go And I said, if you wait, you're going to get your certificate from the Queen. And she says, I've already got it from the King of Kings, so I'm going there. She was so happy. But, you know, my nana grew up in real tough times. she She was brought up in the Victorian era. It was a tough time then. And she had to, at the age of 18, she was sent away to work in the mills in England. And I think it might even have been the cotton mills. I can't remember. It was hard. She was lonely. And it was there that she reached out to God and came to know the joy of her salvation. And during that time, of course, we know that she went through the... She met my grandfather, they married, and they went through the war together. And where they lived, it suffered a lot of bombings. And I remember her telling me that even through that, no matter what they faced, they sometimes would get tired of going down when their sirens would go into the bunkers. And she said one night, she just said, Lord, watch over us, preserve us. I want to have a good sleep in my own bed tonight. And God did. He just watched over them and he took care of them. Well, not long before, it was probably she was in her late 80s at this time. And I remember going to visit her. And I think Paul was actually with me at the time too. He was there visiting once. And... um, I get sent from Scotland to England. It was about a three, four-hour trip. And I'd gone to visit her. And I said, how are you, Nana? And my Nana, if, like Paul knows, she was a character and a half. If you think where I get it, I get it from my Nana. She was like something else. She was, she'd speak her mind, but she had a heart of gold and she had a well of joy inside of her. Anyway, she lived in terraced housing. There would be 16 houses in a row. These were big houses. I'm talking about four storeys, and she lived there by herself because my grandfather had passed quite a few years before it. Don't know how she did it. It was an attic space, and there was a cellar as well. It was a stone cellar, and I used to love going down there, and it was quite creepy and kind of nice as well at the same time. Anyway, I goes to visit her and she says, you'll, and she's such a character, she says, you'll never guess what's moved in next door to me. And I went, what? She went, a python. I went, you are for real. And she's in her 80s. She's brought up in the Victorian era. And she said, yes, a python with a young snipper of a girl has moved in next door and she dances in her underwear in the clubs with a python. Well, my nana, trying to get her head around, she's trying to cope with all of this, and she said, and, and, and it's just the weirdest thing, and she said, you wouldn't guess what happened. She said, I ran up to the attic, and she says, I've, I've knocked, I've, I've nailed all the um, little interior, because through the attic space, all through the houses, they had little trapdoors, And if you really pushed hard enough, you could probably get into the neighbours. She says, I just don't want to wake up one night with a python coming at me. So she says, I've nailed all the doors in the attic space shut. And she said, I had a knock at the door. And she said, there's a policeman standing there. And she said, this policeman says, "I I want you to be a witness. And she says, what for? She said... Well, the neighbour, the the policeman said, the neighbour has had her underwear stolen, that she dances in the clubs with the python, and they want you to see if you've got any information about it. Well, my nana is in a... She's nearly 90. She's from the Victorian era where underwear was up to here, and my nana is telling us this story, and we are just cracking up. It is so funny. And, like... I tell you what, and there is a point to this story. I'm going to tell you the point. Because my nana then got to meet this young girl who danced with the python. She gets to see the python. And do you know what happens? What you want in life, you have to give away. Because this young girl who lived next door to my nana, my nana was quite lonely. This young girl was actually quite lonely too. And she was looking for some joy in her life. She was just clubbing it in the wrong area. And so my nana started to build a friendship. And you know that they had cups of tea and they would chat about life and my nana being my nana would share some Jesus joy to this woman. That is a well of friendship right there. Don't ever underestimate when someone that you meet comes along the influence that you can have in in their lives. And I can tell you that Isaac, he kept digging those wells. He didn't get caught up in the disputes. My nana could have said, oh, that girl, I don't understand the modern era and generation. She's over there, and I'm here in my little holy house, and I'll be fine. No, she built a well. She dug a well. And that's important. Are you prepared to dig wells 2020? Who can you give a well of friendship to and a well of joy? It's so good. Love it. So Isaac, he just kept digging. And then it tells us that the king came to visit him because he noticed that he was getting quite powerful I think that's hilarious. So the king comes to visit Isaac with his advisor and his general. You know you're pretty powerful when that happens. It's like me and my wee house in Scotland and my castle, wee castle in Scotland. And the Queen of England phones up one day and says, I've heard about you Ruth. I'm going to come and visit you because there's something on your life that I want and that is attractive. How can you bless me? And so the king comes to visit Isaac and it can happen. Honestly, never laugh at what God can do because one day I got a phone call on my cell phone. I answered it and they said, it's the prime minister's office in Wellington. And I went, oh, I was expecting you to phone me. They said, we want to come and visit too. No jokes. They came to visit us. Never, ever underestimate the seeds that God can do. And so we had a visit from the prime minister. Yeah, he'd heard about Ruth. Not, and Paul was just, yeah, they kind of heard about Paul. but, And I said, please don't share a dad joke to the prime minister, Paul. Please don't. Anyway, a well of love. I've totally lost the plan. So the enemy, they wanted they were hostile and they were jealous. But you know what happens when you don't get caught up with the dramas of what goes on and you just keep the joy? God will bless you. The heart right, because it's your well of joy. And it says that the enemy, the king and everyone else, they came and they made peace. Even in the valley, God will supply you with living water because it says that there Isaac dug in the valley and the peace treaty was made there. Proverbs 16, verse 7 says, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. You got some people that get a bit ho-ha with you? Well, guess what? You've got the joy of the Lord. You just go, ha-ho, and I'm out of here, and I've got the joy of the Lord. You don't need to get taken up with the dramas of the world. And then it says that Isaac called on the name of the Lord. Jesus, you are awesome. Help me, Lord, and declare his praises. I can tell you that when you start to call on the name of the Lord, things happen. You start that well of prayer, 2020, things begin to happen. New Year's Eve, my family decided they were going to be boring and go to bed early. Well, this Scottish girl, I celebrate New Year. I love New Year because it's a big deal in Scotland. They whiskey it, but I joy the Lord with it. And I like to stay up to midnight. So Evangeline says, well, mum, everyone else is going to bed. How about we go to pie here and watch the fireworks? I went, you're on. We'll go out for dinner, we'll have a fun time, we'll watch the fireworks. So we go to this restaurant, and as we get in, the guy says to me, it's, got, it's really busy, which it always is, it's crowded in pie here, and he said, you've got a half hour wait for your meal. I went, I'm here all night, I'm not in a hurry, I'm going to watch the fireworks, that's all good to me. So we go outside, because there's loads of tables outside, and I want to watch the fireworks while we're sitting there. So we get outside, and there are no tables. It's busy. New Year's Eve. There's two little bar stools at this outdoor kind of high up thing. So I get on these bar stools, and it was uncomfy. And I'm like, I says to Evangeline, I'm over this. Look at all these tables with all these people. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray someone away. So, too right. Call on the name of the Lord. Too right. So, I said, Evangeline, here's what you're going to do. I said, you can point to any table you want. And I said, we're going to pray them away. So, you choose. So, she said, right, I'll take that table. And she points to a table with a couple at it. And I can tell you, this is New Year's Eve. People are in for the night. They weren't moving. So I said, all right then. And this is what Isaac got from his father, a relationship with God. It's that easy. Evangelina said, you can pray them away. Off you go. So she just does a simple prayer. Hey, you do not need fancy prayers to be heard. You don't need a degree to get you a prayer up to heaven. God's not deaf. He hears a help. All right? So she prays, and she says, Lord, we want a nice comfy seat for the night, so we pray them away. And I went, she looks at me, and according to Linda, every time we do this, we have a giggle now, I say amen, it's a done deal. Do you know how long it took? We timed it. Five minutes, 40 seconds. That quick, they moved. No one else moved, no other table moved. And uh, we went and we sat down, we're getting comfy. 30 minutes later, it was about 30 minutes, the guy that I'd booked the food with, he comes up to me and he went, oh, I'm really sorry. I forgot to put your order into the kitchen. And I went, no problem whatsoever. And I went, I'm here for the night. I'm not in a hurry because I've got that whale well of joy living inside of me. And he goes off and he says, it won't be much longer, I promise. So he goes away. And as we're sitting there, Evangeline says, oh, I would so love a mocktail. And a guy comes out, another steward that was working there, a waiter, and he comes and he walks right to our um, table and he hands us a couple of drinks. And he said, free drinks on the house for you guys tonight. And you're thinking lemonade, guess what they were? They were mocktails. We got free mocktails. Too right we do. Because when you call on the name of the Lord, things begin to happen. And Isaac, the joyful Isaac, full of laughter and praise, just pro- praised his way through all those enemies, through all the people in the disputes. And he had a great blessing at the end of it. So good, what is my time? Have I got more time to preach? I could just keep going. 20 past, oh, I just have to tell you one more story. This is funny, sorry. I just, yeah, I know, I'm a, I'm a, I love events, love events. And this is testimonies of the goodness of my hubby because he is so patient. I like to go over and above because there's nothing boring about heaven. Anyway, wherever I go and wherever I go on holiday, I'm always thinking, events, what have I got? What have I got? We'd been in Sydney and Paul happened to not be with me that day and I just happened to spy this huge, huge warehouse. It was massive and it had Christmas stuff in it. (gasps) I was in Christmas heaven. It was so good. And... I ended up, because he wasn't with me, buying this humongous arch which is inflated and was at the Christmas event here. Anyway, I don't think about all the nitty-gritty all the time. We get to the airport and Paul's looking at this big thing and he's going, we only have carry-on bags Ruth, how are you going to get that on there? You'll have to book it. And I went, Nah, be right, be right, be right, no problem whatsoever. So he gets on and he says, I don't want to know about it. You're on your own with this one. So I'm on my own. But I had God, even though he just ditched me on the plane. I'm walking on and I could see all the air hostesses. You know how they look and thinking, she's a problem. She's got this big box. So I'm walking down the aisle and it's like tight to get in with this huge box. And I put it under the seat so when they do all the safety bracing, they come and they check they go you can't have that it was huge it was a big box it was really big so they said we're gonna ha- do you know that you need to actually pay extra money to get that in the hall I went oh, really not that I didn't know but <laughs> really anyway she said we're gonna have to get the supervisor for this one I went okay so the supervisor comes and says do you know that you have to pay money to put that in the hold? And I went, really? (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, she says, oh, just leave it with me. I went, okay, I'll leave it with you. (laughs) So she picks up this box. She takes it to the back of the plane where there was passengers sitting. And I tell you, there was one spare seat. So guess what my big package had? It's own seat belt. It's own seat free of charge. And I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. So I just enjoy Christmas. Just honestly have fun. I know I am. I'm a bit a nice nightmare the way I am. The joy of the Lord is your life source. Jesus has so much joy for you, Church 2020. You declare out. I have that spirit of joy. Even if you don't think you do, you just speak it out because Jesus wants to fill you with his joy. And I'm joyful because I see my daughter there singing in the band. They're awesome. So let's stand up and praise the Lord, eh?